Chapter Five of the Romance of Modern Invention. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by phone. The Romance of Modern Invention by Archibald Williams. The Telautograph. It is a curious experience to watch for the first time the movements of a tiny telautograph pen as it works behind a glass window in a japanned case. The pen, though connected only with two delicate wires, appears instinct with human reason. It writes in a flowing hand, just as a man writes. At the end of a word it crosses the T's and dots the I's. At the end of a line it dips itself in an ink pot. It punctuates its sentences correctly. It illustrates its words with sketches. It uses shorthand as readily as longhand. It can form letters of all shapes and sizes. And yet there is no visible reason why it should do what it does. The Japan case hides the guiding agency, whatever it may be. Our ears cannot detect any mechanical motion. The writing seems at first sight as mysterious as that which appeared on the wall to warn King Belshazzar. In reality, it is the outcome of a vast amount of patience and mechanical ingenuity culminating in a wonderful instrument called the telautograph. The telautograph is so named because by its aid we can send our autographs, i.e. our own particular handwriting, electrically over an indefinite length of wire, as easily as a telegraph clerk transmits messages in the Morse alphabet. Whatever the human hand does on one telautograph at one end of the wires, that will be reproduced by a similar machine at the other end, though the latter be hundreds of miles away. The instrument stands about 18 inches high, and its base is as many inches square. It falls into two parts, the receiver and the transmitter. The receiver is vertical, and forms the upright and back portion of the telautograph. At one side of it hangs an ordinary telephone attachment. The transmitter, a sloping desk placed conveniently for the hand is the front and horizontal portion. The receiver of one station is connected with the transmitter of another station, there being ordinarily no direct communication between the two parts of the same instrument. An attempt will be made to explain, with the help of a simple diagram, the manner in which the telautograph performs its duties. These duties are threefold. In the first place, it must reproduce whatever is written on the transmitter. Secondly, it must reproduce only what is written, not all the movements of the hand. Thirdly, it must supply the recording pen with fresh paper to write on, with fresh ink to write with. In our diagram, we must imagine that all the coverings of the telautograph have been cleared away to lay bare the most essential parts of the mechanism. For the sake of simplicity, not all the coils, wires, and magnets having functions of their own are represented, and the drawing is not to scale. But what is shown will enable the reader to grasp the general principles which work the machine. Turning first of all to the transmitter, we have P, a little platform hinged at the back end, and moving up and down very slightly in front, according as pressure is put onto or taken off it by the pencil. Across it, a roll of paper is shifted by means of the lever S, which has other uses as well. To the right of P is an electric bell push, E, and on the left, K, another small button. The pencil is at the junction of two small bars C, C'. 
which are hinged at their other end to the levers a a prime any motion of the pencil is transmitted by cc prime to a a prime and by them to the arms ll prime the extremities of which to very small brushes zz prime sweep along the quadrants rr prime this is the first point to observe that the position of the pencil decides on which sections of the quadrants these little brushes rest and consequently how much current is to be sent to the distant station the quadrants are known technically as rheostats or current controllers each quadrant is divided into 496 parts separated from each other by insulating materials so that current can pass from one to the other only by means of some connecting wire in our illustration only 13 divisions are given for the sake of clearness the dark lines represent the insulation ww prime are the very finite wire loops connecting each division of the quadrant with its neighbors if then a current from the battery b enters the rheostat at division one it will have to pass through all these wires before it can reach division thirteen the current always enters at one but the point of departure from the rheostat depends entirely upon the position of brushes z or z prime if z happens to be on number six the current will pass through five loops of wire along the arm l and so through the main wire to the receiving station if on number thirteen through twelve loops before going any further we must have clear ideas on the subject of electrical resistance upon which the whole system of the telautograph is built up electricity resembles water in its objection to flow through small passages it is much harder to pump water through a half-inch pipe than through a one-inch pipe and the longer the pipe is whatever its bore the more work is required so then two things affect resistance size of pipe or wire and length of pipe or wire the wires ww prime are very fine and offer very high resistance to a current so high that by the time the current from battery b has passed through all the wire loops only one fifteenth or less of the original force is left to traverse the long distance wire the rheostats act independently of one another as the pencil moves over the transmitting paper a succession of currents of varying intensity is sent off by each rheostat to the receiving station the receiver to which we must now pay attention has two arms dd prime and two rods ff prime corresponding in size with aa prime and cc prime of the transmitter the arms dd prime are moved up and down by the coils tt prime which turn on centers in circular spaces at the bend of the magnets mm prime the position of these coils relatively to the magnets depends on the strength of the currents coming from the transmitting station each coil strains at a small spiral spring until it has reached a position in which its electric force is balanced by the retarding influence of the spring one of the cleverest things in the telautograph is the adjustment of these coils so that they shall follow faithfully the motions of the rods ll prime in the transmitter we are now able to trace the actions of sending a message the sender first presses the button e to call the attention of someone at the receiving station to the fact that a message is coming either on the telephone or on the paper it should be remarked by the by that the same wires serve for both telephone and telautograph the unhooking of the telephone throwing the telautograph out of connection for the time he then presses the lever s towards the left 
bringing his transmitter into connection with the distant receiver and also moving a fresh length of paper onto the platform p with his pencil he writes his message pressing firmly on the paper so that the platform may bear down against an electric contact x as the pencil moves about the paper the arms cc prime are constantly changing their angles and the brushes zz prime are passing along the segments of the rheostats currents flow in varying intensity away to the coils tt prime and work the arms dd prime the wires ff prime and the pen a tiny glass tube in the perfectly regulated telautograph the arms aa prime and the arms dd prime will move in unison and consequently the position of the pen must be the same from moment to moment as that of the pencil mr foster ritchie the clever inventor of this telautograph had to provide for many things beside mere slavish imitation of the movement as has been stated above the pen must record only those movements of the pencil which are essential evidently if while the pencil returns to dot and i a long line were registered by the pen corresponding to the path of the pencil confusion would soon ensue on the receiver and instead of a neatly written message we should have an illegible and puzzling maze of lines mr ritchie has therefore taken ingenious precautions against any such mishap the platent p on being depressed by the pencil touches a contact x which closes an electric circuit through the long distance wires and excites a magnet at the receiving end that attracts a little arm and breaks another circuit allowing the bar y to fall close to the paper the wires ff prime and the pen are now able to rest on the paper and trace characters but as soon as the platen p rises on the removal of the pencil from the transmitting paper the contact at x is broken the magnet at the receiver ceases to act the arm it attracted falls back and sets up a circuit which causes the bar to spring up again and lift the pen so that unless you are actually pressing the paper with your pencil the pen is not marking though it may be moving As soon as a line is finished, a fresh surface of paper is required at both ends. The operator pushes the lever S sideways and effects a change mechanically at his end. At the same time, a circuit is formed which excites certain magnets at the receiver and causes the shifting forward there also of the paper, and also breaks the writing current so that the pen returns for a moment to its normal position of rest in the inkpot. It may be asked, if the wires are passing currents to work the writing apparatus, how can they simultaneously affect the lifting bar, why? The answer is that currents of two different kinds are used, a direct current for writing, a vibratory current for depressing the lifting bar. The direct current passes from the battery B through the rheostats RR along the wires, though the coils work in the arms DD and into the earth at the far end. But the vibratory current, changing its direction many times a second, and so neutralizing itself, passes up one wire and back down the other through the lifting bar connection without interfering with the direct current. The message finished, the operator depresses with the point of his pencil the little push key, K, and connects his receiver with the distant transmitter in readiness for an answer. The working speed of the telautograph is that of the writer. If shorthand be employed, Messages can be transmitted at the rate of over 100 words per minute. As regards the range of transmission, successful tests have been made by the postal authorities between Paris and London, and also between Paris and Lyon. 
in the latter case the messages were sent from paris to lyons and back directly to paris the lines being connected at lyons to give a total distance of over six hundred and fifty miles there is no reason why much greater length of line should not be employed the telautograph in its earlier and imperfect form was the work of professor alicia gray who invented the telephone almost simultaneously with professor graham bell his telautograph worked on what is known as the step-by-step -step principle and was defective in that its speed was very limited if the operator wrote too fast the receiving pen lagged behind the transmitting pencil and confusion resulted accordingly this method though ingenious was abandoned and mr ritchie in his experiments looked about for some preferable system which should be simpler and at the same time much speedier in its action after four years of hard work he has brought the rheostat system explained above to a pitch of perfection which will be at once appreciated by any one who has seen the writing done by the instrument the advantages of the telautograph over the ordinary telegraphy may be briefly summed up as follows anybody who can write can use it the need of skilled operators is abolished a record is automatically kept of every message sent the person to whom the message is sent need not be present at the receiver he will find the message written out on his return the instrument is silent and so ensures secrecy an ordinary telegraph may be read by sound but not the telautograph it is impossible to tap the wires unless as is most likely the intercepting party has an instrument in exact accord with the transmitter it can be used on the same wires as the ordinary telephone and since the telephone is combined with it the subscriber has a double means of communication for some items of business the telephone may be used as preferable but in certain cases the telautograph a telephone message may be heard by other subscribers it is impossible to prove the authenticity of such a message unless witnesses have been present at the transmitting end and the message itself may be misunderstood by reason of bad articulation but the telautograph preserves secrecy while preventing any misunderstanding anything written by it is for all practical purposes as valid as a letter we must not forget its extreme usefulness for transmitting sketches a very simple diagram often explains a thing better than pages of letterpress the telautograph may help in the detection of criminals a pictorial presentment of whom can by its means be dispatched all over the country in a very short time and in warfare an instrument flashing back from the advance guard plans of the country and of the enemy's positions might on occasion prove of the greatest importance End of chapter 5. Recording by phone.